This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Robert Feckus <laughs> at Nerdster330 on Instagram and Snapchat. Nice. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. It's been a while, so we only did that once. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, so war, you know, warming up the seat and the right. uh, the uh, reoccurring co-host. Yes. <laughs> uh, your dues are, are due, by the no, way. No, yeah, I got uh, it. Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. I'm your host, the aforementioned Matt Hurt, and with me today is recurring co-host Robert Feckus. Hello. Hi, Feckus. How's it going? I it's, just have the hiccups. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's going well. Nice. Despite that one hiccup in the recording. Ah. <laughs> uh, 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 anyway, so housekeeping and... Fe- oh, this is episode 274, not 273. Oh, damn it. Damn it. God, uh, people are going to be so pissed on Patreon. I know. Which, speaking of Patreon, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer, where you will get access to a special RSS feed that has exclusive content recorded specifically for Patreon subscribers. Boom. Yes. And so today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Alita Battle Angel, uh, maybe some Oscar talk, and uh, the Jesse Smollett investigation debacle. And a bunch of other stuff. But before we do that, I do want to mention a couple of things up top. One is that I recently was a guest on – well, I recorded a guest spot on our friends over at You're Gonna Love This or Not podcast uh, over at the Geeking in Indiana family of podcasts. Um, it's a podcast where they basically watch a watch watch a shitty movie and then they record a review of it in in, uh, in the host Matt's basement. Uh, it's a lot of fun, really good time. We talked about Short Circuit too. <laughs> that yeah, Johnny Five. <laughs> yeah, uh, that episode is gonna go out like it's it, like they do release monthly, and I think mine is like scheduled for like June. So I'll make sure to remind you guys. But in the meantime, check out their show and uh, subscribe. Um, but yeah, Short Circuit too. God, what an awful movie. <laughs> Awfully amazing. I don't remember a thing about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Is that the one with Steven Gutenberg? Uh, no, that's the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this the one with the Indian guy then? Yes. Okay. Uh, Fisher Stevens plays an Indian guy in brown face. Uh, yeah. Did you know? Uh, oh, no, I did not know that. I knew there was an Indian fella. Yeah. I did not know it was a. Oh. Not only that, he is he's the only returning character from the first movie. So like, he was in the first movie in brownface doing the uh the offensive accent, and then they brought him back for the second one and made him the main character. Holy <laughs> shit! I am looking at him right now, and I never, I have yeah. never known that he was not Indian. It's holy it's really, crap! It's egregious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, so definitely check out that episode of You're Gonna Love This or Not here in a few months. Um, and subscribe to them. They're a lot of fun. They're a really good uh, group over there. Was he the, uh, the therapist that dated Monica or dated Phoebe? 
and friends that got yes. mad over the bit large coffee cups. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. He also won an Oscar for producing the Cove. Oh, did he really? Yep. Oh, interesting. Um, which I heard on another podcast. <laughs> Someone said that um, uh, he produced the Cove to make up for his name being Fisher or uh, something like that. <laughs> um, uh, that was a Matt Hurd joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, a lot of stuff has happened, and we haven't had. I, it's the release and releasing of the episodes have been a little stagnant with with the news and everything. So, I've got a few news items to go through before we hit the Jesse Jesse Smollett ordeal, or pay someone to hit the <laughs> Jesse Smollett ordeal. Um, first of all, did you watch the Oscars at all? No, okay. I. Um, I, I really dislike award mm. ceremony shows. Uh, I, I I'd never really give them much credence. Mm. I get I'm happy to see certain people earn awards because I know it's important within the industry. Mm. But I just I always just think is just an elaborate elaborate celebration of how much Hollywood loves Hollywood. Yeah, and that's true. That's I I completely agree. Um, I will say that I since. Uh, one of those people I'm happy for is Spike Lee. I've been mm-hmm. a huge fan of Spike Lee for a long time. I was happy to see him uh, win an Oscar. Yeah. And then I, I saw the people were calling his speech controversial, so I had to look up the oh, speech. God, and yeah. I honestly, I, I don't have any idea where they're getting controversial out of no. out of his speech. No. It way. was a very well said speech. Mm-hmm. He never calls out any specific person or yeah. group of people. He just says, "Go out and vote." You know. Mm-hmm. You know. Go with the, your moral choice and right i just i you know it's there, <laughs> there pe- a, people just have to be out- outraged about it anything exactly. and i just oh yeah i don't know you know i if you don't like spike lee because you know he's a left-leaning democrat okay mm-hmm. that's fine yeah i guess but you're gonna have a bad time looking at anything in hollywood right. really. <laughs> so i i don't know i i, I thought he, it was a very good speech yeah me so. too well, whatever. Um, and, but people are going to p- be pissed off about everything. Yeah. So. And did you see that Trump uh, tweeted about it? No. 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 Yeah. He didn't he call it racist. Yeah. Or he said he, he. I think he said it was racist, and like he was <sighs> basically saying like, "Oh, Spike Lee attacked me or whatever with his racist attack." At the yeah. Office. Yeah. And, I'm like, <sighs> and so many like I loved that so many people were like, "Yeah, he didn't say Trump once." And he it, like, how how. How uh, telling is it then? The president of the United States takes uh, takes the speech of someone saying that oh you need to be on the right side of history and like and you know go out and and do your civic duty and everything and then takes that as an attack on him and, and to call a racist. Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's uh. anyway. Anyway, let's not talk about politics. Yeah. So the actual ceremony. Um, me, Mike, and Tiny actually live tweeted it for oh, like, nice. kind of the first time we like ever organized like a live tweet thing. It was kind of Mike's idea. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Cause I, I was, I always think like, Oh, live tweeting that, that would just be too cumbersome and sure. too busy. Um, <laughs> I will say my cable and internet package that I have, I do not have like local channels or anything. I just have internet through podcast. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and so like the Oscars were coming on. I was like, Oh shit! I need to watch the Oscars. <laughs> like, how am I going to do? I don't have TV. Like, like go to Hooters. Like, can you turn this on the Oscars, <laughs> right? please? 
<laughs> so what I did was I got a trial to Hulu plus live TV. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So I had a week trial, like a week long trial. So I got it like a couple hours before the Oscars, watched the Oscars, and then just canceled the trial. <laughs> oh, fair enough. So, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next year, but we'll come to that when, when we come to that. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, it was a good ceremony. The, the no host thing actually worked really well. That's good. Uh, by my count. I, I will say this. I'm going to try to look up the uh, performance by Lady Gaga and Bradley oh Cooper. My, so. It's so good. And that's what I keep hearing. And, yeah. I, and I I love – I've been a, I'm a Lady Gaga fan mm-hmm. through and through. I, I have tickets to go see her in Vegas. Oh, nice. Um, so I, And I love that movie. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see that performance. But. Yeah, the what I'll say about that, not to spoil it or anything, is that the the way that they shot it was really really good. Like it's not just like oh from the from the audience right, yeah. perspective kind of thing. It's like they actually shot it very well. It was really cool. I um, have seen all the memes about it, which yeah. have been pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's pretty uh, intimate. It is. It is. Yeah. With his wife sitting in the crowd, right? And I'm sure her her fiance somewhere about and about. Yeah, but well, she is single now. I thought she got engaged. She did, but then uh, we're turning into a gossip podcast. Um, uh, the engagement has been broken off at some point. Here's my chance. Yeah. And then uh, Bradley Cooper is not married oh. to his Victoria's Secret girlfriend. Um, but I did read an article where, and and I like I was just like, oh, this is so dumb. But it's like, oh, uh, don't worry, um, Bradley Cooper's girlfriend isn't threatened by Lady Gaga, and it's like basically saying like, yeah, they're actors, they have chemistry, that's what they do, like, that's what they do. I mean, they. That's true. Yeah, and I'm like, that's true, and I'm just like, why? First of all, why am I reading this? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, why was this written? Like, who cares? um it's just it's it's weird but yeah. yeah anyway anyway but that yeah that's pretty much all my thoughts on the oscars okay yeah i have a lot more thoughts i'm sure especially you do. about fucking green book god damn it yeah yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna go on a, a little bit of of a rant just slightly um first of all we mentioned spike lee um really interesting i tweeted about this but it's really interesting the juxtaposition between uh the best original screenplay and best adapted screenplay uh wins because original went to green book and adapted went to black uh black klansman have you seen green book by the way i have zero desire no i'm not I, i probably will never see it i don't blame you um but it was the best picture of 2018 sure it was of course so anyway um what I find interesting about that, about the best original or the the screenplay wins, like first of all, the screenplay category for me has always been like the one that I kind of gravitate more to and put more stock in um, than anything because I don't know I just I I I like that element of the filmmaking process right. the most sure. essentially. So what I find interesting is that um, Black Klansman, Spike Lee made an incredible movie. Um, about a true story that ended on a note and like throughout the entire movie was making the point that racism and racist institutions and, uh, and the things that like breed hate throughout our society are still present today and still a threat to just modern civilization or like, like general civility and everything. And like, it ends on a note that is one of the most powerful endings to a movie that I've seen that I saw all last year. Sure. And it just really stuck with me. Whereas green book 
is a movie about, and I'm going to quote a, a, a review that I read on Letterboxd. I don't have the user's uh, username um, on it, but I'll link it in the show notes that said uh, something to the effect of um, – this is the this is the story about how that one white guy who says I've got a black friend got his black friend. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That and then another one was the family from Get Out would love this movie. <laughs> um, and it's because that movie is like it is about Tony Lip, a, a real person. The the it was co-written by his by the the guy's son. Um, it's him. Taking a job to drive a an African American uh, pianist, classical classical pianist around the South, and it's about him learning to not be racist and accept and basically save him from the South. And it's like it's the it's it's terrible. It's just it's a shitty made. It's it's I don't even say shitty. It's a it is the it is aggressively mediocre. And it ends on a note that's that's classic, like Oscar bait, um, uh, self congratulatory, like white people patting themselves on yeah. the back for not we did not it. Being racist. We yeah. racism. Yeah, um, it's it's just that kind of movie, and it's like, of course, it won fucking best picture, but it like the, what Mike keeps saying is that like this is like the movie that like would win best picture twenty or thirty years ago. But today it just doesn't fit. Like with what the what the Academy is trying to um, uh, show is them being progressive and everything, and and, and that's everything. one of the big reasons that I don't give any credence to these shows because yeah. they they don't like. It's very clear that they were influenced by Oscars so white, which is fine because I yeah. get I get the criticisms of mm-hmm. the the past Oscars, but now you're just pandering and saying mm-hmm. well let's give it to as many you know diverse casts and movies as we can oh mm-hmm. green book a uh, pretty universally like not very offensive good best right. picture yep so i just yeah Which, that, that kind of shit is just i'm done with it yeah and that's that's been my whole argument of why black panther got nominated for best picture mm-hmm. it's like black panther's a fine movie i really enjoy it mm-hmm. it's you know i'd even say it's it borderlines great mm-hmm. but it's not best picture I, and I, it's the third best Marvel movie of 2018. Really, you would put it? You would put it, uh, below Ant Man and the Wasp? No. Oh. I would put Spider Man above it though. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh, okay, you said Marvel. Yeah. Okay, I thought you. I thought you said Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, no, 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 no. Okay, just Marvel. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, it, I, that's what I'm wrestling with too. Like, like it was never going to win best picture. Like there was no way that they were going to give it best picture. I don't know. Um, uh, like I, I had a, I, I don't know. I could have saw it coming. Really? Yeah. Just, See, just I, so they could, we made history. Yeah. Cause they've been touting that with black Panther, this entire award mm. ceremony history making black panther yeah and i was just like they're they're painting the they're painting the sidewalk right now for right. it so i i yeah. don't know and uh, I, I, yeah. again i i think it would have been just as silly as green book winning best yeah same best here. picture because so. it, it there is no credence to it like there's no there's no like it's not a statement of like this is the best picture of 2018 like it's just this is what a select group of people selected as it after a campaign 
after and, and that's exactly right. A campaign, campaign. like yeah. people campaign. You know, Marvel campaigned hard mm-hmm. for Black Panther to be nominated, and it got what ten nominations or something like something that. Like yeah. that. So it's it's about how much money mm-hmm. these uh, studios want to put into pushing the movie for an Oscar mm-hmm. uh, nomination, and at the very end, I'm sure money has something to do with which mm-hmm. certain films win too. And you know, it's just okay, good. Yeah, pat you guys self on the back. You know, mm-hmm. I'm glad certain people get uh, this accomplishment. That's great. Mm-hmm. I would have been happy for Lady Gaga to win Best Actress. I'm happy yeah. that she won. Best song. That's great that yeah. Lady Gaga has an Oscar. But you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm just like, it doesn't change what how I feel about the movies I watched, and it's not exactly. And it's not going to make me like movies that I did not like just because it has been nominated for an Oscar exactly. or wins an Oscar. So I I agree completely. But yeah, uh, final thing about Green Book and about the Oscars and everything. Um, <laughs> Green Book won uh, for best original screenplay, and then also best picture and some other ones, but. At one point, I think, oh, uh, 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 Mahershal Ali won for best supporting actor, but I think when it won for best picture, uh, when they went up to it, first of all, 95% of the people on stage were white, which is just <laughs> kind of funny. Kind of funny. Um, but it's, it's Green Book. Gr- the title Green Book is, is, uh, a, like a Green Book, like a g- book that was made for African Americans in like the sixties to show them like what places were safe for them to stay in, in, on, in, in the South. Um, there is maybe two scenes that even show the green book and it doesn't pay it. Like there's nothing, there's no reason for it to be called green book cause it's has no bearing on the plot. Um, and, uh, obviously, Don Shirley, uh, Dr. Don Shirley is, is a prominent figure. Like this movie, he is, he's the reason that the movie is <laughs> existing because. Isn't it ironic yeah. then that the character he is, the actor that's portraying him is a supporting actor in yeah. the film? Well, I that's mean, the thing because the way that the movie's written is it, it is Tony Lip's movie. It's Vigo Mortensen. Right. Like he's the star of the movie and it's about him growing through this friendship with an african-american guy but the crazy thing is like when they gave their acceptance speech like they didn't think the don shirley or the family of don shirley <laughs> they didn't reference the green book they said this movie began with vigo like this movie would not would not exist without vigo and it's like are you sure there buddy <laughs> uh, you know what we have this uh, this racist white guy to thank for this amazing accomplishment this movie wouldn't exist without this guy who dropped the n-word in the press tour um so yeah so it's it's it that portion of the oscars was a shit show yeah. um but yeah but it's i don't know well yeah it's it's the Oscars. Yeah, so. that, and they'll happen next year, and I'll have the same feelings about next exactly. year. Exactly. So. And uh, I will say that if you want to have like a more uh, accurate and well-rounded roundup, listen to our year in review episode. Um, that's has more credence than the Oscars. I, I would, say. I would say that's a hundred percent accurate. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, thank you. and I'm you know, it's legitimate people talking about legitimate mm-hmm. movies that made. You know that, and really affected them throughout the year. So yeah, not just yeah. you know no 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 producer came to your house and be like, man I'll buy right. you a Wendy's sandwich if you <laughs> consider this for top ten. 
That is such a low bar. <laughs> like, at least, at least spring for Burger King. So, all right. um, I feel like Wendy's is higher end than Burger King. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't eat fast food ex- unless it's uh, Chipotle. But mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I, I expect Wendy's to be better quality than Burger King. Okay, that yeah, I, I'm thinking of the patties. It's. Uh. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, all right. Uh, neither one of them endorse us. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Moving on from the Oscars, uh, there are a couple of things. One real quick that I just want to say, just for just to be a dick and make a dickhead joke. Um, have you seen this five minute Star Wars trailer that Topher Grace and someone else? edited together from footage from all 10 star wars movies i have not okay it just like broke today uh we're recording this on february 26th by the way uh my brother's birthday um yeah happy birthday raymond but um so yeah so it's it's actually really good like i was watching like i watched the whole five minutes and i'm intrigued i now want to watch it it's really it's really good and like (laughs) my dickhead smart ass snarky thing was like the whole time i was watching i was like wow just imagine if these movies were good too. Uh, well, <laughs> you're lucky that I have uh, self control, Matt. <laughs> yes. Which brings me to my next point: uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Have you heard about what what's going on with Rotten Tomatoes? Today? I heard that they changed like the pre like the scale of which people are excited for movies that they can rate their excitement. They've taken away because people were getting on there and being dicks about Captain Marvel. Yeah. So it's basically, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, they'll no longer allow user reviews before a movie's release, which that makes sense. Uh, right. Like it's like, why would, why would why you allow that? that? Yeah. yeah. And I saw one tweet. I, I don't know if the guy's serious or whatever, but he was like being dragged through the coals from it because it was, it's such a stupid ass thing. Like it was a screenshot of his AMC uh, app, and he's like, "Well, after Rotten Tomatoes changed their changed their uh, uh, their rules and everything, I went ahead and canceled my ticket to Captain Marvel um, because I'm a white man or something. Some bullshit. <laughs> okay, thing. good for you, so, buddy. Yeah. yeah, and also, also, not to nitpick, but the screenshot shows he's an A list member, so it's not like he like right. He yeah. spent like out of pocket <laughs> ten or twelve bucks to get the ticket. Like, you're not a fucking superhero for canceling a thing. You know what? This this is the silly shit like this that just mm-hmm. needs to be ignored. It because really does. No, you know what? Who the fuck cares what this idiot yeah. thinks? Oh yeah. You know this is like back when um uh the Force Awakens mm-hmm. came out. Some guy wrote this stupid essay that came across <laughs> the interwebs where he was talking about how in reality uh, Ray should should be protected by uh, a male and fighting for her Christ. and she would never stand. It was like you know what? Shut just shut up. Yeah. Because I know. About ten UFC women fighters off the top mm-hmm. of my head that could whoop your fucking ass. Yeah. So just just shut up. Have you seen the YouTube clip of the guy saying like, and they've they've got Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel, and she's a terrible actress, and she shouldn't be in a, any movies and everything. And girl, I'm a no. man. It's like it is like I was like I, I wasn't like seething with anger because it's like okay, this person is living such a sad life that right. I can't. I like it's it's fine. Like hey, you you have your own journey, buddy. <laughs> but it's like like he's not going to affect anything, so why right. get mad about it? But also, he's objectively wrong. Like she is a very talented. Yeah, actress. I was going to say like, what like, the fuck. There's no reason to ever think that she's anything besides. At the very least, adequate, and I say that because yeah. I think she's an amazing actress. Absolutely, but it's like terrible. What what have you watched yeah. that you believe that to her to be a terrible actress? Yeah. Like, oh God. 
So, I, yeah. You know what? The internet has just really put to the forefront how many stupid people exist in this exactly. world. Exactly. And how many stupid people have podcasts and everything. <laughs> <laughs> also, check out anthologypod.com and towerjunkiespod.com. Uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, uh, there was a really great bit in the Topher Grace Star Wars, uh, trailer. It's called Star Wars Always. Um, but, like, it, it's, like, I just imagine, like, all the shitty fanboys, uh, well, I don't want to say fanboys, because, like, the fan man-children who hate everything because they're not being represented, represented the <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah, the people are, oh, too many yeah. black people in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I just thought of something else. Um, but like, I just imagine their heads exploding because like it intercuts the, like it intercuts, um, Yoda saying like, no, there is another with, uh, with shots of Ray. And so I'm like, I'm sure that people are just like, oh, heads going exploding. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, but final, final thing about that, like, this is just an anecdote that I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I think Collider posted something about Star Wars, and then like you know how on Facebook you can see like like if a friend if a Facebook friend replies to a certain comment in a comment thread like you'll see yeah, that comment. Yeah, yeah. So I was just scrolling through and I saw this comment from this guy uh, to which a, f- a friend of mine replied, but <laughs> the article was uh, oh it was an article about Topher Grace it was. Uh, Topher Grace and uh, Jeff Yorkis um, about the the trailer and everything. And this guy commented on it and said, how about reminding JJ and Ryan Johnson to not mess up science fiction by putting in social commentary and killing off the main reason we fell in love with in the first place. This, okay. okay. Yeah. You know, so science fiction has been in the forefront of social commentary since its inception. Right? This idiot needs to get the fuck out. Exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck does he think science right? fiction is? Go back to any Star Trek episode in the yeah. 60s for crying out loud. The entire reason that Rod Serling made The Twilight yeah. Zone was because he was being um, uh, um, censored whenever he would try to do anything like provocative or like any social commentary in like straight drama. So like he did, he created the twilight zone to have his social. These commentary. are the people that I, that I picture that are posting like incel message yes. boards. And it's just like, you know what? Just, I'm sad that you can't improve your life mm-hmm. and you're going to just sit and pout and say everything is against you personally. Just, yeah. Sit in your corner, okay? Exactly. Keep yourself. And honestly, like I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm a pretty pleasant person, and like I'm pretty, I, I like to think that I'm, you know, a, like I don't, I'm not like a, uh, um, malicious person or anything. But I have no qualms with just laughing at those people. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's just it's that's the only reaction yeah. you can put. It's like you're, yeah. you know, what? you're just an idiot, and mm-hmm. you almost feel sorry for him. You to, do to be yeah. in such a. Cause that's gotta be a dark place, right. but you know what? I'm just going to move on with my life. Yeah. It's, it, it really does have to, it must be like a dark place. Something like it, I would think that like being in that kind of frame of mind would be akin to being in 
like on the streets of Chicago at like 2 a.m. <laughs> during the Carrying polar, around a noose. Polar, and... Yeah. <laughs> the polar vortex and everything. Uh, having said that, let's talk about Jesse Smollett. Let's talk about this. Um, oh my God. Okay. Quick, quick recap for everyone. Uh, we're recording this February 26, 2019. He, Jesse Smollett is a, is an actor who was in, who was in Empire. Was an Empire. Was an Empire. Um, on, I think January 29th, he, Claim that uh, two men. Well, uh, backtrack mm. just about a week. Um, oh yeah, because before that, a letter arrived at mm-hmm. the Fox Studio where Empire was shot, w- um, with a bunch of racist and homophobic slurs in it, and a white powdery substance contained in the letter, which turned out to be crushed Tylenol. Oh wow! Uh, so that arrived at the Fox Studios about a week before the the actual uh, mm-hmm. battery incident. Addressed to him. Yes. Addressed right. to him. Yeah, yeah, correct. And then after that, on the 29th, during the polar vortex where it was like negative. It was, like it was negative degrees. 20 degrees in Chicago at yes. that time. Uh, Jesse Smollett was in town to shoot Empire. He was at, I think, a hotel or something, and like he was – uh, he figured that he would go get a, a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, sandwich or salad. I've heard conflicting. Reports. I thought I thought it was a sandwich, um, but yeah, uh, from Subway. And so as he's walking back to the to the place with the sandwich, he hears these two men yell, uh, "Hey, Empire, N word! Hey, Empire, F word!" Um, and then is proceeded to be jumped by them. And the way that he described it. Was that when it was over, like he fought them off. He got a few punches in. Yeah. And then he realized that there was a rope around his neck, which he kept on around his neck for like 30 minutes. So I'll, I'll address that when we yes. get, yeah. Okay. Um, and then apparently there was some kind of chemical that was, that was, that was poured, poured on him. him. Um, all of which also told that this is MAGA country. Yes. Oh, yes. They, they did yell, this is MAGA country. Clearly Chicago. In Chicago. MAGA country. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, For anyone that don't know what just happened, uh, Matt just made a very awkward, sensual uh, gulp of water from his <laughs> water jug. I did. I'm going to cut this out. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, people at work hate me <laughs> or are very much interested in me. <laughs> I can't turn away. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> It's funny though. For some reason, I don't know why, but like right as I'm about to go to bed, that's when like I have the biggest craving for like a like a whole thing of that, like of just ice cold water. And then that is weird. It is weird, and yeah. it's ter- like it's terrible because then I'll go to you bed. Have to go pee. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, back to Ju- Jussie. Yeah. Jussie. Jussie. Um. So he uh, uh, walks. What. Apparently, during the yeah. attack, he is also on the phone with his manager at the time. Right. right. While he's being attacked. And, and then, after it's done, he he waits 30 minutes and calls the police, I think? He does not call the police immediately. In fact, according to him, he didn't even think he should call police, but was convinced to call the police by his manager. So, the mm-hmm. interesting part about this is... That even though he was not convinced that he should call the police, mm. he originally told the responding officers, I kept the noose around my neck for the 30-minute walk home in order to preserve evidence. Well, 
why would you be considering preserving the evidence if you're not going to contact police? And to be fair, he was also presumably carrying a Subway sandwich or salad. Or salad. So he needed to have his hands free. That's a good point. Um, So, yeah. So, anyway, so... (laughs) Um, like a week, like internet blew up saying like, oh, this so, is a hate crime and everything. And- well, and, and here's, here's the thing. Um, I, I get where the internet mm-hmm. would explode because on the surface, this is a horrific attack. Absolutely. But, and I'm coming from it from a law enforcement mm-hmm. view because you know, that is my profession. Right. You typically need to. As a police officer, I will say this. Mm-hmm. Victims lie to us just as much as the suspects. Mm-hmm. So you have to let these investigations go through the end. Mm-hmm. I have no problem if I'm a celebrity or if I'm a politician say, saying if this alleged attack had taken mm-hmm. place, this is a serious – you know, and so-and-so. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they, they really just jumped on it. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then even when the uh, – the uh, wrinkles were forming and the the holes were gaping. Um, people were still defending it. And um, I, I will say this. Uh, Chicago PD, and, and I, I'm a police officer and I'm willing to admit Chicago PD has had some shady business in, in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were actually – they did this – to the numbers, and they are very coy about how they release the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, they they said we we've go, we have officers going over 200 hours of security footage from mm-hmm. the areas of which the attack allegedly took place. Um, once they put out that we have persons of interest, they they disseminated that information to the public, which mm-hmm. eventually led to the brothers. Mm-hmm. But the the Chicago PD actually did a very good job of not showing all their cards because, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, I would imagine that the investigators that took the first interview from Jesse probably had an inkling that this may not be so factual. Sure. But Chicago PD did it exactly the way they should. They investigated the uh, allegation to the fullest, mm-hmm. and that the investigation progressed through there and yeah. they never came out and made any stupid TV statements and said, right. this is what we think. This is what we mm-hmm. don't know. They just let it progress and the information disseminated as the investigation progressed. Yeah. Speaking of stupid, uh, TV statements and stuff. Um, couple things about Jesse Smollett. Uh, one is that I think like within a week, a week of the alleged attack, he went on good morning America. Yes. And it was like, first of all, like, like that people process things in different ways. Like people like will, if, if something has a, if someone has a traumatic experience upon them, they will like by nature, different people will, will process that in different ways. I found it incredibly unlikely that someone who had a noose, tied around their neck and was and was allegedly attacked strictly because of his his race and his sexual orientation um i found it incredibly hard to believe that he would be on tv on national tv a week later now, talking about it i i can kind of defend that mm-hmm. because that's one of those things that if your constitution is strong enough you're going to want to get out there and say i'm still standing after this right so i i don't have a it, had it been true i yeah. could see that being a scenario where he's like look this horrible thing happened mm-hmm. to me but i'm not gonna let it keep me down i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna 
preach against the hate. So I I could see that too, but that's not really what he did because he was no just no 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 saying that right. oh it's the truth. Why aren't you believing the right. truth? And. Yeah. Also cringeworthy was he was doing a show. I was just going to bring that up. And he like, gets on there. Fucking hell. Yeah. He's like, I, and I fought back. Yeah. And then he called himself the, the gay, gay Tupac. Tupac. And that's the kind of, that to me is mm-hmm. the kind of shit that's worrisome. Yeah. That it, is the narcissistic, just really problematic thing. And by the time he's making those statements is when information's starting to come out yeah. that this may not be legitimate. Right. And if you go and read any like account of, of like the investigation, everything, it's pretty cl- like it's it's just not on the up and up. like he's been charged with fi- uh, what was like a felony uh, disorderly conduct, felony reporting, uh, false reporting of a crime, and don't be surprised if federal charges don't come mm-hmm. over the uh, the letter. Yeah, if if uh, they can prove that he was instrumental in that, right? Which. Which a federal investigation, they're gonna that's gonna be tight lipped until they mm-hmm. until it's done. And then they're gonna be like, these are our findings. And here's the thing. I don't know if anyone listening to this will have this position, but I've seen like this position put forth on the internet. Like, well, um uh why do, why is it up to the victims to to prove that like by kind of having this media circus around Jesse Smollett's um shitty behavior and indiscretions um it's it's just making it easier for victims not to be believed which i can understand to an extent that viewpoint but the thing that like infuriates me about this entire thing the fact that this person had the audacity to create a false situation um that is that is a hate crime. Like it would it would have been a hate crime. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. it, had this Absolutely. actually occurred, it would have been. There's few people that would argue that it wouldn't have been yeah. a hate crime. It it would have been a hate crime. Yeah, like I saw like um, people post posting online saying that like I lived through like the era of like lynchings and lynch mobs and stuff, and like 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 black people didn't live through that, so that this entitled shithead can use it as a way to um uh, expand his career well it's a slap in the face of generations of people that actually fought hard Mm -hmm. during horrible times and there are still people out there today fighting hard through shitty situations and it's a slap to the face uh, of all of them as well yeah and yet green book still wins best picture (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no and like the other thing that infuriates me about it and i'll dance around some stuff and everything, but it is a false report. He was that a, well, I mean, without and, a reasonable and, doubt. And I, and I know, you know, innocent it's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of the facts out there. Yeah. So I, I feel comfortable saying that it was right. a fraudulent report. Yeah, exactly. But let's, let's, let's say, in the event that it is a completely fraudulent report and everything, he, he presumably orchestrated this, the man hours that went into finding the Nigerian brothers, Nigerian American brothers, I think, um, the man hours that went toward, toward like investigating this case and investigating these claims and everything. 
like that's those are man hours that the Chicago Police Department could have used for like allocated for right. everything else. Uh, there, you know, there's been a couple of news articles showing the amount of crime that took place I would throughout the investigation that. of the mm-hmm. Jesse Smollett incident, and it's just it's sad because yeah. they're in Chicago. No one has any illusion that Chicago is not a violent area. It, right. It's one of the most violent areas in our country. Yeah, and so there are homicides taking place. Mm-hmm. You know that what some people. You know that aren't familiar with law enforcement uh, should know, though, mm. uh, that that's not necessarily taking away manpower from those right. uh, from those areas. There are specific units that are mm. detailed to look into specific crimes. So, yeah, no, no homicide detective was taken off of their homicide to investigate this. Right? That you know, a detective, uh, a battery or, or aggravated battery detective mm-hmm. was placed on this. Not to mention the fact they also had help from the FBI liaisons in Chicago. Right. So it's not. I'm not going to sit here and tell and say that this diverted attention from other crimes because okay. it most likely didn't. Right. But the but it still cost 200 hours of manpower mm-hmm. just to look through this video. Yeah. Took manpower at to go and and make all these interviews. Mm-hmm. It takes. It costs money to file all these and all these. Uh, uh, questions with the prosecutor's office and for and with businesses to get the videotape from that. So it's, it's a lengthy process throughout yeah. all, not to mention the fact that now you have to find the uh, manpower to watch these Nigerian brothers. And mm-hmm. when they come back into the country, then you have to have people stationed at the airport mm-hmm. to take them into custody. Like it's, it's an exhaustive process. Yeah. Like, okay. In like, who's to say like, okay. Uh, um, a patrol car that comes and responds to the call from from Jesse Smollett. Uh, this is obviously all conjecture, all like just completely hypothetical. But like, okay, the patrol officers who stop and and like respond to the call from Jesse Smollett, they could have responded to another call. Sure, like that could have been, and, and that's that, that's true with all false yeah. informing. Yeah. Uh, and same incidents. with the detectives and everything. Right. Like, if they have any, like, okay, they spent X number of hours working this case where they could have been working another right. open case that they have or right. whatever. And in my opinion, it, you know, should should he be found guilty of this? Mm-hmm. Justice Smollett needs to be found liable for the amount of overtime man hours that it 100%. took hundred percent took to complete this investigation. Yeah. Also, uh, there was I don't I don't think there was a direct quote from him or anything, but it was like something like um, when they when they found the Nigerian brothers and brought them in. Like he was prepared to come in and identify them. Um, but he didn't know that it was, or I don't know if he didn't know that it was the Nigerian brothers, but like he was in a position where had they picked someone up, he would have, he would have done that. So he would have like, if they had picked up two, just two white guys, he would have identified them. And then boom, who who's to say what would happen. And like, I know that that happens all that, like, like, profiling and stuff happens and everything i'm not saying it's a white and black thing or anything but like that just is a completely shitty like sure it, narcissistic put, horrible thing to, to do. put him into a position to come in and identify two completely innocent people of a mm-hmm. horrendous crime is awful and yeah. the potential was there for that to may have happened mm-hmm. thankfully it did not right uh thankfully that you know, the Chicago PD conducted an amazingly thorough investigation. Mm-hmm. Were able to find the two men that were part of this yeah. scheme, uh, but it, it could have gone a different way, right? <laughs> Had he, you know, uh, orchestrated it to where it wasn't during like negative twenty <laughs> right. degree weather, where there's literally three people walking <laughs> yeah. around. 
Um, I will say there was there was a really great Onion headline that was something like Chicago Chicago police say that the reason they were able to figure out uh, Jesse Smollett was lying about uh, that he orchestrated it was from years of experience uh, faking evidence and everything for their <laughs> other cases or uh, doctoring evidence or whatever it was phrased, but it was it was pretty funny. But yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and say, fuck this guy. He, he oh, just, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. And what's, and I've been following this since mm-hmm. the start because, and I made a post uh, on Facebook pretty much saying this is 2019's <laughs> fire festival for me. Like I'm I, infatuated with it. Yeah. Like I find it just ridiculously engrossing and I, I can't say why, uh, like every twist and turn I'm on it for mm. this. Uh, like I just, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, same here. I would totally watch a Netflix and Hulu documentary. Oh, I, about this. I really hope that they yeah. put a documentary about this on there. It, I, I think it's just going to be amazing. And sword's not over yet no. because this, this man who, uh, turned himself into the Chicago PD when, mm. when they filed a warrant bails out, goes to set, and has scenes to shoot, gives a speech to the people on set before shooting, apologizing, but then maintains his innocence and say says that it actually happened. Bro, that's some balls. Jesus. That is some balls. It's either balls or just inflated ego and like not able to have the self-awareness to admit that you're just a shitty like i i don't know what like kind of uh i don't know what i don't know what goes into that mentality yeah i um ego i i I just i don't know you know there's been a couple of actors that uh are involved with the empire show that are taking heat in the Mm -hmm. the realm of public opinion because they're they're supporting jesse right which I don't have a problem with. If Terrence Howard wants to get on, say, hey, you know, I've how many seasons of Empire been? Like five. Five, I think. Yeah. He's worked with this this kid for five years. Mm. He's gonna have a personal attachment to the yeah. kid. It's I don't have a problem with the come saying I I love this man. I'm gonna support him. Right. I, I'm gonna support him. Doesn't mean Terrence Howard is like, oh, he's innocent. It's, right. I'm gonna be there for him. If mm-hmm. something's wrong with this kid's life. I want to be a part of it and help yeah. him through it. So people need to stop taking shots at him or right. the who's the female on the on the show. Um, I don't know actually. Um, <sighs> I know Ava DeVarnay. Uh, she's in that new. Uh, she's, what do men think? Oh 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 my god! Um, uh, t- uh, is it Taraji P Henson? Yes, that's yes. it. That's exactly it. You know, she she <clears throat> made a statement too, and people need to get off get off of their backs about this because. They've been around this guy. I'm sure they have a very close, loving relationship with him, working with him for five years. They're going to be supportive of him, and they should because a a guy in this situation probably needs some support, maybe Mm. from some friends that should probably push him in the right direction. And maybe also some friends who don't take a payment from him to to (laughs) beat him up in the alley. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it would be, it's very interesting to see what may come of all this, but yeah, it's just, it's, I just, oh, it just, it's such a, I don't want to say it's not a schadenfreude experience, but it's just like a train wreck that you it's, can't It's just, from. it's a cringeworthy mm-hmm. episode and it's any, like anything else cringeworthy. You hate to watch it, but you can't help but watch it. Absolutely. So 
Yep. And the internet memes have been amazing. Yeah. So yeah. if there's one thing I can always count on the internet for is a good laugh at some horrible situations. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So wh- why don't we review the movie that Let's we were talking about? Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's already 11. Um, yeah. We can make this a sh- fairly short review. <laughs> Um, Alita Battle Angel. Alita Battle Angel. Yes, this movie has been in the making for a long time. I I know I didn't do my due diligence as I always say. Um, the I don't th- I, I it's based on a uh, a maga. It, it's yeah. it's based off of a maga book. Yeah. And for manga. anyone manga, sorry, manga. not God damn it, not maga. It's not oh. a maga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, manga. Sorry. Um, yeah. So manga is a uh, is pretty much like uh, graphic novels in a Japanese uh, type of uh, animation style. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I think there's about uh, nine series of this particular uh, manga. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I know that James Cameron was had been wanting to make this movie for like two decades, easy. Yes. Um. And he like he helped produce it, and Robert Rodriguez is the one who ended up directing it. Um, yeah, what were your expectations going into Alita Battle Angel? How did the marketing uh, have you primed for it, and what format did you see it in, and how was your theater experience? So with Alita, like I, I remember the the original previews coming out about a year ago, mm-hmm. and I would equate it to the previews for. Oh god damn it! That crappy movie at the end of last year with the giant cities. The, oh, uh, mortal mortal engines. engines. Like yeah, like yeah. It show oh, yeah. showcasing a very high concept um, CGI mm-hmm. uh, spectacle film. Right. So when I first saw the preview, I was like, "Man, eh, well, whatever. You know, see what happens with it. Maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe it will just be a giant CGI mess." Sure. Uh, further previews came in and I kind of thought, I was like, well, you know, it, it looks interesting. And the more and more I w- watch these previews, the more and more I just find myself kind of excited to see the movie. Nice. Like I'd go see the movie, like the previews in IMAX. And I'm like, man, this actually looks mm-hmm. pretty freaking cool. And the concept's c- kind of interesting. Anyway, yeah. at least it was to me anyway. And as much as I like to bash, uh, James Cameron and some of the stuff, he, the man <laughs> does, has made some pretty good action-oriented movies, and I'm a huge Robert Rodriguez fan anyway. Mm-hmm. So weeks coming up to Alita Battle Angel, I would say that I was pretty excited for the movie. Nice. Not to mention, in fact, I was reading some pretty decent reviews of it too. The the word of mouth that uh, or the buzz that was surrounding it was what kind of piqued my interest because yeah. like the trailers didn't do much for me. Um, <laughs> I do want to highlight a joke that Kirsten actually said when like when we were seeing a movie in the theater like she she would point out to me in the trailer for Battle Angel or uh, for Alita Battle Angel uh she would say that the the guy who plays uh Hugo uh like the romantic interest right. in the movie like his look like he looks like a 90s like teen like heartthrob he, he really does guy. and like I could not get that out of my head but yeah, I like it wasn't until really until I saw your post that saying like you actually liked it more than you thought you would uh, that I was like, OK, you know what? I'm going to make an effort to check it out. I haven't well, seen an A-list movie in a long time, like a few weeks at that point. So. I really wasn't expecting yeah. it to blow my hair back. So like I was yeah. I was hoping to be entertained by it. Right. And, and I saw an IMAX 3D. 
Oh, nice. Interesting. I've heard that it looks amazing in 3D. I'll, I'll tell, you that, tell you this, and you know my stance on 3D. Right. I, I have, you know, I have no time for 3D. I, th- right. I think it has never enhances a movie. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it, I hate how films try to f- film specific 3D sequences into it yeah. to make it to make it look Ugh. awesome for 3D. This is the second movie I have ever seen where I thought that the 3D enhanced my experience of the film. Really? Yes. I feel like maybe you've said what the first one was, but I can't I'm remember. I'm sure I have. Transformers I, uh, oh, Dark of the right. Moon. Yeah. I really dug the 3D in that movie and I'm still a fighter for uh, Transformers and the third first and third Transformers. Sure. And I really thought the the 3D in the third one was fantastic. And I will say it again for Alita, I it really was engrossing to me. The thing about like the action sequences in Alita is that like it just they look incredible in 2D even cuz I saw it in 2D. Yeah. And like the the motorball sequences were just man, those incredible. were fun, weren't they? They were so much fun. like I the camera work on those was incredible, uh, was phenomenal. Yeah, I, it, it kind of reminded me of like the race sequence at the beginning of Ready Player One, but like a little bit higher stakes, like, like kind of like the Mad Max version of that race. In See, Ready Player One. with me, it reminded me of the race sequences in Speed Racer. Oh, see, I never saw Speed Racer. I will defend Speed mm-hmm. Racer. I think that's a fantastic film. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I own it. Um, yeah, nice. I'll have to check it out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like the the motorball sequences were, were so much fun. Uh-huh. And the camera movement was just, it brought you right into the thick of the action yeah. the entire time. It, it beautifully choreographed. Yeah, and like... It's just it, like it's awe-inspiring to an extent that like we're at the point in uh, visual effects where like everything can be fluid and like the camera movement can be so quick and like well choreographed while still like having that coherent like visual style right. like being like you can follow what's going on. It's like it's just it's like it's incredible. And this movie did not skimp on that. It no, was like it was very very intense and very fun. Um, the fight sequences were really cool. Like, oh man, the, I I love the fight sequences. Yeah. I thought they were fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I I get you can do a lot with with CGI components, but mm-hmm. even the CGI components mixed in with the real life actors, I thought was flawless. Uh, totally, totally. And like some of the uh, people that she goes up against, like the main one that she has the big kind of fight with underneath <laughs> in the underground in, in, in the, the bar that thing, goes yeah which just like in my head i was like in my head when like she goes underground and like they're fighting and everything like in my head i was saying like i'm the underminer <laughs> <laughs> from incredible i know <laughs> um, but but yeah like that was like it was like it, thrilling and, and, and those intense. like the the enemies they're imposing man oh, they, yeah. they're very well done mm-hmm. just menacing menacing beans oh absolutely um so yeah so uh, in non-spoil oh, first of all <laughs> if i may just real quick a couple of notes about my theater experience um <laughs> i got the my preferred seat k uh i i was in k9 this time not k10 but anyway it's god not damn. i know um but i got my ticket early like i was one of the first ones there and then uh, or like that got the tickets that reserved the tickets like a few days ahead of time. And then when I got there, like I noticed like, Oh, that whole row is like 
filled up. And I'm like, okay, um, you know, that's fine. Um, so I'm sitting be- between these two strangers, betwixt these two strangers. Um, on my left side, like down the road, there's like like four kids. And uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, then we did just have a discussion about kids in the movie theater. Um, of how much Matt adores them. <laughs> yes. I will say that each one of those young children were the most well-behaved in a oh, movie Oh, fantastic. I was so pleased. I was like, like, I, I was just kind of astonished. Like, like this is a group of like four or five kids. I hope it enhanced your movie experience. Uh, it kind of did. There I, I kind of did. Um, and I was also just not stressed about it. I don't, I don't know why. What I will say that kind of dampered it a little bit was that, okay, this is going to be a little too much, but in my seat, the, the cup holders on my right side, so like it's one of those seats where the the left the left armrest does not have a cup holder. Sure. Um, the guy sitting in the seat to my right is this somewhat older gentleman. I'd I'd peg him at late forties, um, in like in like a, just a t shirt and like some sweatpants. Basically, what I'm wearing now um, <laughs> while recording this. Like he doesn't like he doesn't like he smells of like old like cigarettes and it's just uh, like I hate that. I hate that too. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, whatever. And so like throughout the whole movie, at random intervals, like he gets into a hacking uh. coughing fit. Like aggressive coughing. That's <laughs> not like <laughs> and he's making I'm not exaggerating. Zero attempt to control the volume or force of the cough. Um, And that's not the only part or the only thing. Probably about six or seven times throughout the whole movie, he would yawn. And it would be like, like, this is like a legit, like a legit, a, a legit interpretation or imitation of what he would do. <laughs> several times like one time he actually made me jump a little bit it was like it <laughs> you have the best movie experiences and like the whole time i'm thinking like okay this is mildly infuriating and mildly annoying it's not detracting from the from the experience but my cup is right here and like the straw is there and i'm like i'm wondering if i want to move the cup debris. well I had like nowhere else to put. I, I would set it, it in my lap. Uh, That's not a bad idea. But like all I kept thinking was like, how much like debris is coming from his? <laughs> well, I guess I got tuberculosis um, now. Yeah. And then at one po- at one point, at one point, I got up and went to the restroom real quick. Um. So like, there's about 45 seconds where I didn't see the movie, and then like I kept thinking, I kept wondering, like he's there like by himself. I left my cup there. <laughs> and like I, I had this weird like, image, like takes like, a sip did he take a fucking sip of my sip of my mr pib mixed with like the cherry vanilla flavor a little bit um delicious by the way um but yeah so like i'm just i had that neuroses in my head but anyway uh that did not detract from the movie i thought that um rosa salazar uh, was uh, very good. Yeah, it, like unbelievable. Yeah. As like brought a lot of humanity to what you know was a CGI character. Oh, absolutely. And I saw her in. Well, she was in Bird Box. Um, yes, yes, yes. She was the cop, right? She, the I think tra- so? cop in training. Sure, <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, and then 
she was also in this movie that I saw at Indie Film Fest a few years ago with Adam Pally called uh, Night Owls, which last I checked was available on Netflix. A really good movie about a, a dude that uh, is – uh, basically he is at the house of his bosses, uh, of his boss and he finds his boss's, uh, mistress, um, like almost unconscious cause she's taking a bunch of pills to try to kill herself in her, in the guy's boss's house. So he has to keep her awake for like the whole night so that, you know, she doesn't die. Mm, Should have got her some um, meth. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, but really good movie. But anyway, I thought she did a, fin- a phenomenal job. Um, something that you mentioned on Facebook, um, we probably don't even really need to go into a spoiler. No, I, no yeah. I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, but something that you did mention on Facebook was that you were sad that it's, it's, it's the, uh, I mean, I guess this isn't really the same, but like, it's a Blade Runner 2049 thing. It's a very good, like, science fiction movie, but it's getting no love at the box right. office. I, I really don't foresee because this sets itself up to be an ongoing series. Totally. They even throw in a big name actor at surprise at the was end. Was that who I thought it was? Is that Norton? Okay, I thought I, I kept I kept like wanting to or I kept meaning to check it. Yeah, that's um, Ed Norton. Yeah, I was like, what the? Okay. So they set up Ed Norton to be the main protagonist mm-hmm. of the entire. No, antagonist right, of the right. entire series uh, or for the future yeah. films. Should I cut that out for spoilers? No. Oh, okay, that's fine. As judging by the box office, no. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, and I'm like, I really want to see this story progress because I thought it brought a lot of good themes, and I love yeah. the, I'm, I'm loving the characters. I, I love the world building. I, th- I think it's that fan- was my favorite part of the whole movie. Like, I'm intrigued to mm-hmm. no end about this whole war that took place 300 years in the past. Yes, I want to know what's going on with this. Absolutely. And I just don't think it's going to make the money to no. n- to make a sequel viable yeah and, and you've the, got fucking james cameron off doing his a- avatar stuff so he doesn't have money to fund it. right <laughs> and i just i'm hoping maybe china does what china does and saves mm-hmm. it with their box office because it seems like something that that area of the world would love as well because right. it's kind of steeped in and their uh aesthetic that they yeah. that they seem to enjoy. So I'm hoping maybe the China market really boosts it, but I just, I don't know. Like it won its weekend, but it won its weekend with $30 million. Right. And I, that is just for the amount of money that I'm sure that movie cost. Yeah. It's just not going to do it. Totally agree. I really see that this going down as a, is a cult classic mm-hmm. type of movie. And I'll be the first in line to buy it when it comes out. Yeah. I and would totally see it again. I will say um, this. I think I'm just going to have to read the manga. Oh Yeah. Yeah, because I I want to know I want to know how this how this yeah. progresses. I'm very intrigued by it. Um, like you said, I love the world building. I will say that like I had an interesting kind of experience with it because like there's a lot of there's a lot of expository dialogue, and it's I mean it's needed because right. it's 300 years of history. Yeah. But it was weird because I was like, okay, this is like this should be like at, like. Maybe forty percent of the things that Hugo says in the movie is like exposition for the audience's sake. But like, I was so intrigued by the world building and by like the history of everything. I was like, 
I don't mind that it's yeah. kind of shaky. I could dialogue. For, I can forgive it. Yeah, I, totally. Like I, I'll forgive the actor that plays you because I thought he was yeah maybe mediocre, but I right. think less so than yeah. Uh, so like he was really the only part of the film that I I wasn't wild about. Yeah, I I was not too crazy about his storyline. But the but you know the other like uh, antagonist uh, cyborgs like mm-hmm. Ed Ed Skirin. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved his character. Uh-huh. I thought he was fantastic. He was very he was almost over the top but not not I really. I didn't think so at all. Yeah. Like I thought he was he was so good at mm-hmm. you know his kind of snarky um I'm a dickhead type right. of deal. I I thought he was great. And the the vanity of his character yes. and how that came into play was very yeah. good. Um, Mahershal Ali, I thought did a did a great job. Yeah, well, I mean, um, he didn't have a lot to do, right. but the scenes he was in, he was very good. Yeah, um, he's like he's one of those actors who he's just an imposing. He person. is like he he's, really is. Uh, he's just he's intimidating. He's got a presence on screen no matter what kind of role he's playing. Absolutely, and you, he's one of those guys that you typically can't take your eyes off. of. Right, and who did the who was the big cyborg monster guy i I don't know because i feel like that was someone of note but i can't place it but i thought that that character was very very interesting and i thought that he it was a good that was jackie or was it really holy shit that's funny that is not who i thought you were gonna say no because he's like five two right like wow, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. Um I've always I've been a fan of his since Watchmen. Oh, uh, me too. And not so much Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I I thought he did fine. I I'm kind of a weird defender of that movie, but I'm a defender of yeah. the remake of uh Friday the 13th. I'm so glad that you brought that up because our own Mike White uh published had an article an editorial oh yeah i i I remember you guys talking about that on the podcast yeah Yeah. on uh, bloody disgusting he had a second article published that's uh defending the friday the 13th or not friday yeah friday the 13th uh, reboot from 2009 i thought it was a very fun horror movie but you know i need to rewatch it but yeah but i'll put the link to that in the show notes as as well but uh anything else we really need to touch on with elite battle angel i would just say that i I thought nuvo as the bad guy was uh Mm -hmm. intriguing and it just goes on to me being sad that i don't think they're gonna be able to flesh out his character yeah so yeah obviously he's got some deep uh connections with the war yeah that took place and there's so much about this world that I want to continue to it watch. Has and such it, a rich history that like, I could see it being like a multi-platform kind of, right. maybe not multi-platform, but like I could see, like I would be interested to see a franchise of this. And like, I would read like supplemental like comics or like little books or whatever that like, I don't know. It's it almost like this is what mortal engines was striving for, right. but failed at. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'll buy it and I'll can't I'll, I'll watch it and I can't yeah. wait to watch it again. Yeah. And but it's just I'm sad. Yeah. I'm I'm really sad because that if it doesn't get a sequel, which it's very slim chances of Yeah, I would bet that it won't. Yeah. But that means that we are deprived of what could have been a very good title. Elite 2 Battle Angel. <laughs> Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. That's just. Yeah, that's the sad part about yeah, that it. That is the it? tragedy of this movie. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, any parting thoughts on Alita Battle Angel? 
Uh, just one of those movies that took me by surprise, nice. and I, I love seeing movies that take me by surprise. Same here. Uh, yeah. So that she should have smiled more. She, you know, she should have. Should have smiled know? more. Yeah. Yeah. She should have been more scantily clad too. Right. What's with um, all the clothes? I know. Right. That's bullshit. God, like she was dressing like a human being, right? Not yeah. like a woman. Stupid. Should. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm so sorry, everyone. That's a joke. Anyway. Um. So yeah. Anyway, uh, hopefully people find this movie because it's it was it took me by surprise. So. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like Avatar, and like we'll get a sequel eight years from now. Yeah, but yeah. If I doubt it, since Avatar now. is the most or the highest grossing film of yeah. all time. So, oh, that's gonna be so interesting when those movies start coming out. Uh, I'm I'm so like at this point like I'm not being snarky about it so much anymore because I'm just I'm just genuinely curious what it's going to be like when the Avatar sequels start. Rolling I out. just I'm gonna see them, but I don't yeah. care. I'm same here. They're filming right now, right? I think they finished filming like the first two or something. Like it's yeah, <sighs> like if, and it's funny because if you go to like the uh, IMDb page for like uh for like sam worthington or stephen lang or any of the actors from it like didn't stephen lang die in the first one yeah but i think his character's coming back i I don't know but you'll see like there if you go to like films it'll be like avatar two three four five six or whatever um it's it's really funny he chooses some weird things to become obsessed about like he did titanic yeah and did titanic movie which is you know, people people enjoy the movie. I I despise it, but that's, you know that's near. There are some people that find a lot of enjoyment, which mm. is fine. But he like took it upon himself to dedicate a large portion of his life to the Titanic. Yeah, which hey, cool man, that that's your right. passion. Then he makes Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time, mm. and now he's like, I have to make a hundred of right. these movies. It he's such a pecul- peculiar guy, but and you know yeah. I. He's made some of my favorite movies of all time, so I can't I can't sit there and knock the guy because yeah. Aliens to me is just one of the Aliens is one of those films that I would classify as perfect to right. me to me. It's been uh, a while since I've seen it, yeah. but yeah, it's so I, I can't knock yeah. the guy for giving me one of my favorite movies ever. Right, and as as I've said, like people can uh, like Avatar. I I don't like Avatar, and a lot of people yeah, have some people love it. Yeah, some people love it. Some people despise it. Um, and I, I've been snarky about like, oh, the Avatar sequels and stuff, but also I didn't love it or hate it. mm -hmm. I thought it was a serviceable film and I didn't understand the love, but people do love it. But the thing that kind of keeps me from just shitting on the, (laughs) uh, shitting on the Avatar sequels, um, First of all, Rotten Tomatoes won't let me review it until it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, like James Cameron is responsible for two of the like most well-regarded sequels to science fiction movies of all time. T2 right. and, and Aliens. Aliens. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Oh, it's likely that he's not going to go 3 for 3." <laughs> right. Um, hey, it might be fantastic for all I know. Yeah. It, you know, Terminator is one. Of, I like Terminator. I think it's a very good movie, but mm. I think Terminator Two is a far better movie. Yeah. So maybe Avatar Two will yeah. change my view on Avatar. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'll see it. I'm just right. not excited about it. And hey, here and I can't even see, keep a straight face. God damn it. 
even if the sequels are all bad, like even if all the movies are terrible, here in like ten or so years, Topher Grace will make a trailer about <laughs> all of them. Oh, that was just- <laughs> This is mean. I know. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, we can forego potpourri because I've really got to Careful go to next bathroom. time you go to the subway. Something may happen to you. Man. I know. Yes. Uh, so let this be a lesson. Don't go to subway at 2.30 a.m. in Chicago during a polar vortex after paying. Especially if you're a prominent uh, gay actor. Yes. So. Um, especially after you've paid a couple of brothers, uh, Nigerian brothers that you know from the show to uh, attack you. A little side note. I know you're not a sports guy, but Mm -hmm. did you at all by chance catch the uh, talk that um, Charles Barkley had on one of the uh, basketball shows? No. Holy shit. It's hilarious. Really? So they're doing this panel thing. They're talking about unlikely scenarios in the NBA playoffs. Okay. And so one of the they're talking about unlikely scenarios and Charlie Charles Barkley talks about unlikely scenarios being jumped by uh, a couple of like Trump supporters, <laughs> middle Chicago. And then, and then he goes, I was like, what kind of criminal writes a check? This is, he's like, this is 2019. You're out there writing checks oh, to people. So great. And then he goes, this this guy, if you want, he could have saved himself a whole lot of money and just gone walk around Liam Neeson's neighborhood. <laughs> Oh, that's and great. I lost it. I was, that's it was awesome. Uh, I wish we had time to talk about the Liam Neeson thing, but we'll have to talk yeah. about that some other time. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think that'll just that'll about do, do it. Yeah. Uh, next up on the podcast, I don't know what we're doing. Um, Captain Marvel's coming up. Uh, I had talked to Ty- or talked to Mike about doing a bonus episode about Happy Death Day to you, but I don't know if we'll have time to do that. But anyway, uh, check the feed. Also, once again, check out uh, the other podcast from ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out Tower Junkies, a podcast about Stephen King and the Dark Tower um, book series um, over at TowerJunkiesPod.com. And check out Anthology, my solo side project podcast where I talk about The Twilight Zone and other contemporary uh, science fiction anthology shows, including the upcoming Twilight Zone reboot in April, which I'm so excited about. Um, I wish I could get excited about it. You Really? You're not? I would be if I had a way to watch it. Oh, I'll give you my password. That's awfully nice of you. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or I'll download it for it. I don't know. But yeah, it's. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Have you watched any of the original Twilight Zone? I've seen sporadically episodes okay. here and there. Nice. It's. Uh, but I love the concept. Yeah. I, I was actually a bigger fan of Outer Limits back in the like when HBO rebooted Outer Limits. That's fair. So. Um, the only thing that kind of sucks about the Twilight Zone is all the social commentary. Yeah, I know. Come yeah. on, just give me my science fiction already, Jesus. <laughs> um, all right, I think that'll do it. I've got to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> I gotta go eat. I'm starving. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Um, So anyway, uh, moving back to the kids thing. Um, Wow, yeah, we went on a tangent. We did, we we did. Uh, Yeah, I don't think kids should be allowed to cross the threshold of a movie theater like you said said, let people have their religion my religion is the movie theater that's fair i do not think that they should be i don't i i don't think that 
my my house of worship should let in undesirables. I, I you're you're correct. Yeah. You know, and I define undesirables as anyone under the age of like anyone that is not legally able to drive a car. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. So, yeah. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OVArchive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash TheObsessiveViewer. And follow us on Twitter at ObsessiveViewer and at ObsessiveTiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty!